episode, Ken Schumann and a group of eight walkers reflect on the topic of, is it really about what you believe? Or is it about how are you living? This conversation was originally recorded in January of 2023. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us and join this conversation. Today, I, I thought I would share with you all, uh, as I as I do fairly regularly, just a, a piece of my own journey. Uh, since the beginning of the year, it's felt to me, you know, and by the way, we're almost done with January. Hard to believe. But since the beginning of the year, um, it's been a really, really busy season for me. In fact, more busy than I want it to be. All, all of the margin of my life just got sucked up. And this week, I, I was feeling drained, and I was feeling, and, and when I start feeling that way, um, because of faith walking, I've learned that the first thing I better do is, is tend to my soul and, and do some soul care. And so on Tuesday of this week, it it just happened um, that I was uh, I, I was just I, I scrolled through Twitter. I'm 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 not on Twitter much, and I don't tweet, but I'm but I'm scrolling through it, and there was a uh, there was a podcast where uh, two really young guys were interviewing um, an author that is one that I have enjoyed for a, a number of years. And they were interviewing him in the in the podcast, and so I sat there. I so so I gave my first of all. I, I think the the thing I want to say is I gave myself permission to listen to the entire podcast right in the middle of the day, uh, and I did that for soul care because I knew okay I I need this. I don't even know what the subject is. I don't even know if I'm going to be interested in the subject, but I'm going to, I'm going to allow myself the opportunity to listen. And I started listening and it was extremely interesting to me. And, uh, and I ended up listening to the entire podcast. And so today, what I, what I thought I, I wanted to tell you that because maybe somebody here or maybe somebody who will listen to our podcast of this uh, maybe is in need of some soul care right now and uh, and just learning. I think the lessons are learning your own rhythms and, and learning to listen to your body and your spirit both uh, to tell you when when and what you need. And then having having the awareness enough to know what works as self-care for you. I think a whole lot of people don't know what works for self-care for them. And I've learned, I've shared this with y'all. One of the things when, when I really need self-care, I, I go do a Bible study and I mean my own study and, and it's in, it's enlivening for me, but this podcast did that for me today or for, for me this week. Um, 
So I, I wrote down a few highlights of my podcast, and I, I want to share those with you after sharing just all of that about my own journey of, um, yeah, I, I think one of the things that uh, I, I want to reiterate is that through the work of faith walking, I've, I've learned to be more in tuned with what my body is telling me. And I've learned to give myself permission to take care of myself when I need it. Now, I don't, I don't always, I'm not always aware. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll get beyond where I need to be. Uh, and I was right up to the edge of that, I think, this week. And, yeah, and, and I did this thing, and, and it worked, and, and it helped. Um, so I think that's really important. So that's what I want to say first. Now I want to talk about the podcast because I think I, I I don't know the two young men interviewing, but the impression I got was one is a follower of Jesus and the other one is an atheist. And they just interview people and talk about spirituality from both of their perspectives. And, and I think the one that that's a follower of Jesus, uh, is a minister, but not uh, not what we would call traditional. Uh, he's out of the box. So the conversation was really really cool. Uh, so they, at one point, uh, they they were talking about certainty, and they were talking about how we we all we seem to have been a part of a of a period where everybody wanted certainty in their beliefs. And then, and then we argue because, oh, well, your certainty is different than my certainty and, and all of those kinds of things. And uh, the guest started laughing and he said, well, that reminds me of a story. And the story was one time he, he was on a bus with a group and I don't know any of the details, but there was, a, a, I believe, a, a, a Jewish woman on in the group and and she said to to him she said uh she said you you christians uh are really interesting to me and and he said really why and, he, and she said well because you're always in search of the right answer and and you always think there's just one right answer and she said, from a Jewish perspective, we never think that. And she said, in fact, if you if you got 12 Jewish rabbis together and sat them in a room, you would have 13 different opinions. <laughs> and I, I thought that was that was interesting. Um, and then they just began to talk about that and how. Um, you know, we, we even when we even when we study scripture, we talk about well, well, I uh, my my exegesis was proper, and my the context I I know what the context was, and and this is the correct interpretation of this text, and even that certainty around that, uh, this Jewish woman was calling into question and inviting, I think inviting Christians to call that into question. I believe that part of this transition we're in the midst of is a transition away from a, a need for certainty as much and, and more comfort in the ambiguity 
but also it opened and this is this is what was fascinating to me it opened up the conversation about the possibility of multiple meanings so the guy being interviewed made this statement and i wrote it down he said there there have been many christianities from the beginning and that's never going to change. So I would say we don't have to agree with him, but like we do in faith walking, it makes me ponder and, and say, well, is that true? And, and what, what would be different if it was true? And as I study Christian history, I have to say, I think he's right. There have been multiple Christianities, and there will continue to be. So then he kept going. And uh, and then he made this statement as a result of what one of the other guys said, and and I and I thought this statement this was thought provoking. He he said the bo the Bible is a bottomless well of meanings, and the point he was making. So the Bible is a bottomless well of meanings. The point he was making is there's not just one interpretation or even just one meaning of a text, that there's multiple meanings, I, which for me, what, what spoke to me was, which is why I can read a text in the Bible and read it a certain way for years and suddenly one day read it and have and, and something completely new and different emerge for me. And, and I think, oh, my gosh, where'd that come from? And why did I never see that before? Um, so, so then what would it look like if, if in our Christian fellowship we had this openness that said, yeah, there's there's multiple interpretations, there's multiple meanings, and that's not a mistake. That's actually God's design, which goes to module five of Faith Walking Foundations, where we talk about diversity, and we talk about the fact that, is it possible that diversity is God's design? I think it is. Well, is it possible that it's that diversity of even opinion of what a text means? means is part of God's design. What if God never intended for there to be one right meaning? Now, yeah, I am advocating for that. I'm not sure it's right. I could be wrong. But I wonder what difference it would make if, if, we, if it was right. Well, it'd make a lot of difference. And, and, it, and I think it would solve a lot of problems if it was right. So then a couple of other things that uh, that these guys talked about, just different different phrases that caught my attention. Uh, uh, one of the phrases that somebody said in the in the conversation was, so so we're moving from certainty to confidence. And he said confidence is a better word. Or it's the word I'm advocating for. So I don't need to be certain of my beliefs, but I need to be confident in whatever it is that I believe. And I, I thought that was helpful. They also talked a bit about deconstruction, and we talked uh, a few weeks ago about deconstruction. And he said this, deconstruction is not the same as destruction. 
And that's a really, really important distinction, I think, because, because often we think it's, de it's destruction. Now, I'd like to pause there for a moment and just introduce the idea that all of this generates anxiety in people. So a lot of people, you just mentioned the word deconstruction, and they get all anxious and up in arms about that. Or if, if you were to mention, well, what if there's not one way to interpret this text? Then they get all anxious. Uh, even people that go through faith walking sometimes uh, get anxious about some of our content. And rather than stopping and realizing, I'm anxious, what am I afraid of? They just attack it. Well, it's wrong. That's wrong. Well, what if it's not? What if it's not wrong? Uh, are, are you open to the possibility that the way you, and, and here's what I think the biggest threat is. I think the biggest threat is that, especially around theological beliefs, is it's really hard to imagine that what we've believed all our life may not be correct. And it, and it just scares the living bejeebers out of us that, oh, my gosh, well that, well, that means grandma was wrong and grandpa was wrong and my pastor growing up was wrong. I, well, that can't be true. And so then I, then I attack. Uh, yeah. Uh, another phrase that was mentioned in the, in the conversation was uh, the idea that that we are being recentered. We're, we're being recentered away from tradition and traditionalism and more toward vision. And the vision is the vision of what it would look like for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. So the way I interpret that is our motivation is not just, well, what have we always done? But our, mot our motivation and our driving force is, what is God calling us into as we, as we seek to live out of our own lives and join with others in, li in living together in a community that is bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven? And in faith walking, we would, we would call that making wholeness possible. How do we work with others to make wholeness possible? Because I believe when the kingdom comes, wholeness is made possible for everybody. So all that's really fascinating. And then, uh, then one final statement that I would make that I, that I drew from this podcast was, at the end, he said, and ultimately, and, and so a little bit of this is my interpretation. I want to just obviously differentiate. And th it's this part. Uh, so... He said, the ultimate question is not what, are, what am I going to believe, but the ultimate question is how am I going to live? And I believe that distinction, folks, is, is part of this huge transition that's happening in Christian life, and it's also part of why there's so much division and polarization and fighting. Because we're fighting over what we believe, and we're not asking the question, how am I behaving? And is my behavior in alignment with the ways and teachings of Jesus? Because what I believe is 
that it's more important to align with the ways and teachings of Jesus in my behavior than it is to have all my doctrines correct in my beliefs. So there's another part of the story that I'm either going to tell today or next time, but I'm going to pause there because I've given you plenty to think about and ask you, what's that stir up? Um, someone contacted me that uh, I used to work with and uh, attend church with uh, over 20 years ago. They found me on Facebook and wanting to get together and have lunch. And, and um, I thought, well, why are they contacting me? They, they, because our last parting was not very good. And it was over discrepancies of questioning the faith. And this is before I even got into faith walking, but we were in disagreement over some things. And, but I mean, she really took a turn pretty bad there. Didn't handle it well. And so there was a parting that never, you know, never even tried to fix that. And then, and then I actually caught myself looking at another message from them again today. And I got anxiety because she wants to have lunch. And I'm thinking, Oh, I'm already prejudging, you know, I know exactly what this person's going to do. I know how they're going to try to make me feel. And I'm thinking, do I even bother? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of in that limbo mode. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, could I coach you a minute? Sure. So, so you made a meaning in your head. Yes. (laughs) And now you're, now you're anxious about that meaning that you made in your head and, and you're about to behave based on the meaning in your head. Yes. So what, what should you do first? Um, I need to check the facts. There you go. Yeah. I mean, so Brenda, and I know because I've had those kind of things before. So maybe you say, well, um, it, it depends on, on what the, what the agenda is for the meeting. So would you tell me what the agenda is? What are we going to talk about? Is it reconnecting? You know, she may say, well, Brenda, I think I treated you horribly and I I needed to apologize to you face to face. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I didn't. That's a different meaning. Yeah. But it's a possible meaning. True. Or Brenda, you know what? We left on bad terms and I just wanted to get together and see if we could reconnect. I have no agenda other than that. Okay. Or it might be exactly what you said. It's going to be right back to what. But you don't know until you gather the facts. Exactly. You're right. That's a good so, angle. I like thanks. that. Thanks. Thanks for that opportunity. Judith? Yeah. Ken, I love this. Um, and it's only in the last, I'd say, couple of years that I've actually looked to what the kingdom of heaven might look like on earth rather than anticipating what the kingdom of heaven will look like when I get there. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of sad that I missed that for so many years, but I'm glad I'm here now um, so that I can see differently and look at things differently. Um, I think one, one of the things that people might be triggered about when, when they hear of the idea of different understandings or interpretations is that, well, if I was wrong, am I saved? Mm-hmm. That's a huge question and fearful for so many. Right. Um, and the other thought that I love this deconstruction is not the same as destruction. Last night I was in a conversation where um, with a group on Zoom where someone said, well, all these ex-evangelicals who are denying what the, their evangelical faith. And I thought, wait a second, 
for me, I can't speak for others, but for me, I'm thrilled that I had the 20 years in a very strong evangelical church because I learned a lot about Bible study. It, it honed my a lot of who I am now. And now I'm glad to be in a liturgical church because I can bring all that with me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, um, this there was another Zoom last, I was on Zoom t- far too much last night. Um, but one group um, in a book club I'm in has been reading G.K. Chesterton's book, Orthodoxy which I have to tell you is one of the hardest books to read I've ever tried to read in my whole life. And I had to confess that I didn't finish it for the book club. Um, but one of the things he talks about is the comfort of ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and simple things that I hadn't thought about before, we wouldn't appreciate or understand light if we didn't have darkness. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't appreciate beauty if we didn't see things that were not beautiful. And I thought, wow, I, yeah, I've never, I've never been there before. I'm really glad for this. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, something kind of goes on the lines of you're talking about, oh, I, uh, yesterday I was invited to pray or have a blessing for a new uh, recovery home that's starting in our community. And mm-hmm. I usually don't like those those invitations. They're like just awkward for me. And like, you know, there's some folks who want me to go there and tell everyone to repent. And <laughs> they were really on Jesus' side. And I'm like, you know, I, just, I, don't, I usually have a lot of anxiety around those things. Um, but through, I think, some of the faith walking tools, I went in there with just, I don't know how everything works, um, but I have some confidence in some things. And, and just laid out some things. And I, and I, I use the parable of, 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 of a parable where Jesus talks about plowing the ground and not looking back. Mm-hmm. Where traditionally that would be, well, a tradition or heritage has given me that, you know, when you follow Jesus and you're in the kingdom, like you can't look back, you got to keep going forward. And, oh, is that really like the fullness of that? Could it be for anyone doing anything, putting their hand to the plow? You know, so I just think, I said, hey, you know, Jesus talked this, this story about putting your hand to the plow and not being distracted because you guys are working ground that will produce fruit and didn't bring it into this culmination of now you all need to repent. You're just like, hey, Jesus, if Jesus has wisdom to offer, it should work in the real world. Right. Not, not in a construct of this is how we view the Bible. So it all has to work like this. And Jesus only makes sense in this little confine. Um, it should actually make sense in the real world. And I shared a little bit about Martin Luther King Jr.'s blessed communities. And at the end, someone came up to me and they were talking, that was great. And they found they were, had some kind of Christian tradition and, and they were really interested in the Martin Luther King thing of blessed communities. And I told them, I think it was his interpretation of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's what he was expressing, a place mm-hmm. without poverty, without hate, without hunger, and we mm-hmm. all care for each other. Mm-hmm. So he may not have used that language, which he did actually in his writings, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. The outward oppression. And when you talk about the kingdom, no one argues you. No one argues you, well, should we be more loving and caring and kind? 
well, I can't handle this Christian stuff. <laughs> like, okay, like go be hateful and mean, I guess. Like that's the alternative. <laughs> I don't, you know. Um, right. But what they're resistant to and, what you know, is, you know, someone had a thought 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and we're stuck there. And there's no, there's no alternative around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's hard. But then to have a thought, the other side of me goes, but to have no thoughts. No one, no one lives there. Right. Dangerous place. Um, uh, I was just to wrap this up. I was sent to talk the other day um, of this guy, and he was really great. He wasn't from a Christian perspective, but man, he was like, he's so close to Jesus's teaching. I mean, he's just walking right up to them, and then kind of diverting, walking right up. Because I think when you deal with reality, you get into that place with Jesus. So I'm listening to it, and I'm going, this guy either has to come to some place of believing in the transcendent, whether that's Christianity or whatever, he has to come to that place or this thinking that he's on is going to destroy him. Cause he's so close. He's looking at reality for what it is. And reality can be very unnerving. And my friend who was texting me this message, Oh yeah, this person did take their life, you know, years ago, this is an older t- context. And it's just like, so there's, um, I'm just always kind of wrestling with that. Like there is a lot of mystery. Um, but there is solidness in the world too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I always kind of wrestle, like how much, how much footing do I need? And then how much mystery invites me to move forward? And um, so I, I love, I love what you're hitting around with. And I'm always wrestling with how much, how much sure footing do I need? Right. Um, and how much, uh, so I don't lose my sanity and I can right. actually push off something but how much am I willing to let go that may or may not be, I can pick it back up again later. If it's good, I guess. Absolutely. I, now, I can pick it up later. So yeah. um, that's kind of my rambling. That's <clears throat> our, that's good, Sean. I, um, uh, it, it, what that last part of that stirred for me was I want to, I'm, I'm confident in what I believe but I also hold it loosely. And it's both and for me. Um, and so I'm really, I'm really confident, man, what I believe, I believe I'm passionate about it. I'm not halfway. I believe it deeply. Uh, and I also then, I, I think the journey has brought me to the place to say, and you know what? I've changed my mind before and I might change my mind again. And you know what? That's okay. You know, there was a time when I when I thought it was a sin to change my mind. Which is fascinating because the word repent means to change your mind. When Jesus said repent, he was saying, I want you to change your mind. And, and oh, well, I already did that, Jesus. No, I want you to keep doing it. I want you to keep changing your mind. <clears throat> yeah, anyway, sorry. Got wound up on that one. As Sean was talking, I was thinking about the being able to hold that tension of not knowing for sure and being able to hold the tension that comes with acknowledging that God is a God of mystery in as much as he has revealed to us certain things in his word. I was also thinking about when people are challenged in their doctrinal beliefs and that fear, I think, 
Judith, you mentioned it, that fear of um, what if this means I'm not saved because I've always, you know, done this and that so much of reaction and reactionary um, voices, I think are driven by fear. But when we come to, when we start to understand the love that God has for us and the compassion that he has for us as human beings, then we're able to start to hold that a little bit better as we're able to be compassionate with ourselves mm -hmm. and understand that, you know, it's okay to say, I don't have everything right. I don't have everything lined up and I can't tell you for certain, um, certain things, except that God has an infinite love for his creation. That that's just some of the things that were going through my mind. Mm -hmm. Which, which requires faith. So th Absolutely. that's the deal folks. Certainty is the opposite of faith. Mm -hmm. Gary, you had unmuted earlier. Go, go ahead. Take the floor. One of the thoughts I had as you were talking about multiple interpretations of scripture mm -hmm. is how through the centuries it has been used and weaponized mm -hmm. for, you know, mm -hmm. think of, you can think of slavery. We can think of in our own country, uh, you know, white supremacy. January 6th, you see the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers taking a knee, praying mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. they storm the castle because in their minds, yeah. they have taken scripture and justified these horrendous attacks. Right. So, and it's not an either or, right? It's not like, well, since this is going to go haywire, if we interpret scripture, then we're not going to be doing that. We're going to land right here. And this is the deal. You got to be smart about it. <laughs> you know, it's just, mm -hmm. I guess anything has its negative side to it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's just an interesting twisting. We can twist anything. Yeah, yeah. we can. Yeah, we can. For sure. But of course, I've twisted it correctly. There was a there's a thought that uh, I've heard a couple of times. There's love this little saying where it says, uh, you know, like how many numbers are between three and five, right? And and some will mm -hmm. say one, and then some will say, well, you know. But if you start adding decimals and fractions, it's really like this infinite number, which is, mm -hmm. you know, mathematically it starts to mess with your mind. There is an absolute, but anyway. But I know that six is not in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, which I just, I love using that for people when they start to think I'm getting way outside the box. <laughs> um, but the, maybe, maybe the box is just way bigger than we think. But yeah. I know it's not six. Now, we can argue what six is and all these different things and seven and eight, but, but the, uh, there's a lot of room, more room than I think we can even understand that it's in. Than there is that is out and yeah. uh, i just love that little yeah mess with your mind math problem i hear you sean absolutely 
I was listening to a podcast this morning um, that Jan Price had, she had sent me some links to, and I, I was laughing because I was one of those uh, people that were really heavily into the Purpose Driven Life series and tried to live my life through it. <laughs> and this is just me personally, but it, it, it almost became futile. It, it was like frustrating trying to live up to this uh, rigorous religious perfection and I think, I mean, I know myself and what I believe. I mean, I believe, I don't live in fear that, oh, what if I'm believing wrong? I'm, I'm going to go to hell and, you know, God's going to punish me. I think that, that God's very patient with all of us to get to that point where at some point, I know that Jesus wants us all, you know, to be with him. So when we sit here and stress over our family members or people that we love and, oh, they need, they need to get saved or they need this. And it's like, I've learned, you know, you, you just, you don't shove your thoughts and your, your beliefs on somebody else, you know, and you have to respect their space until they, you know, if, if they, if you can coach them into something, not, not maneuver them into believing the same way you believe, but, you know, just help them to find what they believe. I know that's what's mm -hmm. helped me through the faith walking people helping me to understand what I really truly believe now. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I don't live in fear every day that, oh, you know, I'm missing, the, I'm missing the mark here. <laughs> yeah. And for me, the, the, the tool in faith walking that is just profound around this kind of conversation is, is the idea of self-differentiation that, okay, this is what I believe. This is what I think. And you get to think something completely different and that's okay. Even if you think I'm a heretic. Okay. So you think I'm a heretic. You know, now I'm not there yet. I'd like to get to the place where that didn't bother me. It it still bothers me. But that's the, the for me, the goal of growing in self-differentiation is that capacity. Just to say, yeah, you know what? This is who I am. This is where I am. This is what I think. This is what I believe. Maybe right, maybe wrong. I'm sure imperfect. And it's okay that you believe whatever I believe is completely out in left field. Uh, yeah, that's okay. And that, yeah, that's self-differentiation. I'm laughing hard at what you said. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is, and it's okay with me. And Kirby literally threw those words at me <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, Brenda, as you were talking, I was reminded of, I should have this by memory now, but I don't. One of my favorite quotes by Mad Madeline Lingle that says, we do not draw people to Christ by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely they, they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Yeah. That, I love that. Cause that just, I love that. I love that. that. Yeah. 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 And if, if we all just thought about that, what, what is the light that's so lovely? You know, what, what is it that's going to draw people? I think it's a transforming life. That that is a, a life of love, you know. I, I, I which is why I also why I believe in faith walking so much because it's transforming my life. 
and it's making me more loving. And I hope it's allowing that light that that author is speaking of to shine more brightly through my life. And I think when we get, we get off is when we, when we forget the light and we forget the, and, and we become mean and angry and spiteful and argumentative and condescending and smug. And uh, I mean, just uh, all of those to me, um, cloud the light or maybe even completely darken the light because I, I can't see the light because I see all this other. I love that quote. That's we really become good. critical. We become critical. Right. And, and, you know, that reminds me of the scripture and I can't quote the exact verse, you know, where, especially when he's talking in spousal situations, you know, that, you, you know, don't leave your husband, the non-believer, you know, that he may be won over by, by you, mm -hmm. by, by your works, by not, not your works, your, uh, basically what Ken said, you know, our actions, I mean, how we treat people. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. He may be won over by the light that Trish is talking about. The light in you is so, there's something about, I don't know what it is, but there's just something about you. You've got something I don't have, and I'm curious as to what it is, and I want some of it. Boy, for that to happen. Tammy, you're going to go through this whole thing and not say a word? The bells just went off. <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah, I am actually. And that's a, okay. I, that's a really, really great place to land. When you first talked, I was just writing down all sorts of stuff. I was stirred up and I, I need to address that myself. I've been mm. um, trying to put words to this ginormous, ridiculous life change that we have undergone. And I'm trying to wrap my head and heart around um some things and your your words stirred that up for me and I I was ready to go down a long babbling tangent about that but I like just landing here that our light is everything that has just been shared what Sean said what Judith has said Jerry Trish friend all of you it's 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 a, it's our it's a good conversation it's I'm content to just let it sit here on that on that last word just really, really beautiful stuff. And what a beautiful, enormous, infinitesimally filled with love God we have. And we get so ridiculously humanly bogged down <laughs> with, with mm -hmm. things that we forget what matters. We forget to make the main thing the main thing in our quest for certainty and comfort. We do. Now say amen. 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 Thank you all for coming. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you, Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.